Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. I think I failed to delete a song from the PowerPoint, and now Brian is scrambling to figure out where we are. So, we, we got to talking, and I failed to do my due diligence. But, you know, he's there. All it took was Dee Dee to stand behind him and look over his shoulder. I mean, when that happens, every man gets everything right then. No doubt. <clears throat> Proverbs 22 and 6, I'm sure, is not new to you. I'm sure you've read this verse of Scripture multiple times. You've heard it taught multiple times. You've heard it preached multiple times. But I think it's still a very applicable uh, verse of Scripture, especially for Mother's Day. And so I trust this morning that it will be a, a help and a blessing to you as we try to examine it. And I entitle this Mom. And I want to try to make application for Mom from this verse of Scripture. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The role of women in America has changed drastically in my lifetime. In the not-so-distant past, a woman was what? A stay-at-home mom. Her responsibility consisted of, if they had children, raising that child, taking care of the house, making sure it was clean and presentable, cooking the meals, maybe doing the yard work and the gardening, while the man went off enslaved to make an income, to bring it back home, to take care of the family, and sit down and do nothing. That used to be the role of women in America. They basically did everything at home. The man did very little at home. I know from my childhood that mom took care of everything at home and dad just did what dad wanted to do. Well... Today's a little bit different. Have you noticed? It's just a little bit different for women now. 
you do know that a woman is able to practically pursue any vocation they want to. Think about some of these. They can be a firefighter. They can be a college professor. They can be a police officer. They can be a chef. They can be a senator. They can be a fighter pilot. They can be a truck driver. They could be a doctor, a construction worker, a lawyer, a CEO, or practically anything else that you want to add to that list. The sky is the limit. Personally, I think if women in all of these vocations, and I'm glad to see women having these opportunities, but I believe if they were asked, what is the greatest job for them? If they have a child, I think the majority would say the greatest job is being a mom. Women are grateful for the opportunities that they have. They're grateful that they can be the CEO or the fighter pilot or the soldier or the truck driver or whatever. They're grateful for that. They're grateful for all the opportunities, but I think most moms still view the responsibility of raising a child is one of the greatest things that they will ever do. It's still at the top of the list of what they want to do. It, it allows a woman, all these opportunities allows a woman to give birth or to adopt. And when they do so, they have more potential and prestige probably than any other job that could ever give them. I, I believe if you did a survey of every Successful businesswoman in America who also has children, they would say, the best job has been being a mom and raising my children. Now, even though we have seen more of a shared parenting experience in modern America between mom and dad, it has improved from my dad's generation who were hands-off for the most part. It has improved that mom and dad do more sharing than ever in child rearing. But even though it's better than it was, I still think that mom does the majority of the child rearing. Even in the families where the, the husband tries to do his part. Now, I've never been a mom. I know in today's society I could identify as one if I wanted to. But if I identified as one, I wouldn't even have to worry about a vote next Sunday either. I, I've never been a mom. I would never be a mom. But, but my mom was a mom. My wife is a mom. My daughter is a mom. And I've watched those moms as well as other moms and what they dealt with in child rearing. And I know that it's always a juggling act of how to do it all how to have the energy to do it all, and for everything to be done as it should. Well, it's a tough job. But I hope in Scripture that I can point out two simple truths that I think apply to a mom that will help you in what you are doing. The first truth is this. There is a responsibility in raising children. And that responsibility is in this one word, train. To train up a child. Training goes along with being a mom. You can't get away from it. 
It, it matters not what your other positions in life are. If you have a child, training is a part of being a mom. There's the physical training. How many moms work with that child to help them learn how to crawl and to walk? They, they help them learn how to talk, and sometimes they regret they help them how to talk. Amen? It's like, just please be quiet. Don't say another word. Just, just be quiet for just five minutes. Don't say anything. And you, you help that child learn how to eat. How many of you ever did the helicopter thing with the food and the spoon to try to get that child to take it? Just like, woo! Aren't you glad you don't know how to do your twenty-five-year-old child like that? But but as a mom, that that's part of it. That physical training, and then there's the emotional training that I, that I think all moms do. Uh, that child hears mom laugh. That child hears mom cry. That that child may see mom get angry. Do moms ever get angry? Is that a is that a good statement? Moms get angry, and, and they see mom have mood swings. I, any truth to mood swings for a mama? One minute you're up, one minute you're down. One minute the child is great, the next minute the child is from the outer space, and you want to send that child back. And then the husband comes in the door, and it's like, can you just leave too? Can you just get get gone? You, you know that that emotional part of being a mom. Of trying to help that child be healthy emotionally, and then there's a social part of the training. It's also, a, a mom helps that child learn how to interact with other people. If you are raising children, if you have more than one child at home, then you know what it is that you try to help those two children interact with each other peacefully. My son will be watching this later this week, probably. We, we had to interact between him and our daughter. Could you imagine they didn't get along? Growing up, they were like oil and water. Rhonda's parents lived in Miami, Florida for about four years, and we'd make that family trip to Miami in a car. You, you want to talk about interesting when you've got two small kids in a car that was 12-hour drive? We were leaving out from our house one such trip, and we pulled out into the road, and they had already started. I mean, we were not 100 feet from our driveway. And I stopped in the middle of the road, and I said to Rhonda, you get in the back seat with Melissa. Philip, you get in the front seat with me. We're not going to do this for 700 miles. Just, just stop it. The, he touched me. She put her foot on my side. He looked at me. She's looking at me. The, the, do y'all understand any of that? And so moms especially try to help that child to learn how to interact socially just with their siblings. And then if they go to daycare, if they, once they get to school, there's all that social interaction that's got to take place with teachers and other students. And, oh my gracious, I'm, I'm getting tired thinking about it. And I know you moms get tired thinking about it as you try to help them navigate all, all of this society stuff. Oh, wouldn't it be much easier just have them at home all the time? It, well, I don't know. I think I'm home all the time. You might be like, no, I, I need a break. Just 
just go play with the neighbors or, or something. But there's responsibility that this verse speaks of, and it's trained. You, you train them physically, you train them emotionally, you train them socially. But here's the greatest training that needs to be done by mom, spiritually. I think in most homes, not in all, I think in most homes, mom plays a bigger role in the spiritual growth and nurture of a child than dad does. I think it has always been that way. Women, for the most part, are more spiritual than men. Now, a lot of my men friends will disagree with me, but they can be wrong if they want to. I, I pastored two churches. I, I worked with 38 churches for 20 years. I was a youth pastor in a church. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church where that mom was WMU director, dad led the singing, dad was a deacon. I, I mean, I have done everything in a Baptist church except for lead WMU. I have done everything. And always without fail, I have seen that for the most part, women are more spiritual than men. And so the mom ends up the one who imparts more spiritual truth into the life of that child. The story, bedtime prayers, for the most part, has been in the realm of the mom for all of these generations. And so moms have a greater responsibility. Well, maybe not a greater responsibility, a greater opportunity to invest spiritually in their child than what the dad does. That dad needs to be investing also. That dad needs to be praying with that child. That dad needs to read some Bible stories with that child. That, that dad needs to be in church with that child. That dad needs to be a part of that child's spiritual journey. But for the most part, mom's going to do more of it than dad is. So when Proverbs 22, 6 says, train, train up a child, there's a lot involved in that one simple word physically emotionally socially and spiritually so there is responsibility in raising children and it is to train them but number two there is promise for raising children where it says in proverbs 22 and 6 that even when he is old he will not depart from it let me share with you what this verse is not saying first. Because I'm afraid that people through the years have read something into this verse that it is not saying. Even though you have spent time training that child physically, emotionally, socially, and spiritually, there's no guarantee, number one, that you're going to have a perfect child. Have you figured out there are no perfect children? I'm sorry, Mama, your baby ain't perfect. Uh, school teachers deal with that a lot, right, Sharon? They're those parents who think their child is perfect, and it's all the other children that is the problem, and usually it's their child that is the problem more than the other children. There are no perfect children. Now, our two were semi-perfect. Nah. No, they... they, they, they they really were good kids, but perfection was nowhere in their title of being a child. They were not a perfect son. They were not a perfect daughter. And Philip is probably going to have a lot to say to me next week, and he'll probably have a lot to say to his sister about this message next week. And, 
And, and I'm just going to grin. But they were not perfect. Can you believe when I was a child I was not perfect either? I know. <laughs> I know. Sarah, you thought I was perfect as a child, right? Yeah, yeah. Michelle, I, I was just a little below perfect. You know, just... Just, just, just a little. I, I was the baby of five children. Yeah, I was you, you know, so when you're the baby, you are closer to perfection. <clears throat> those, those older children, that's they're they're questionable. But us babies, well, our kids are not perfect. I was not perfect. Rhonda's not. She was not a perfect child either. I can pick on her in person today. She was not a perfect child. She was perfectly mean, probably. Just, yeah, perfectly. So, so Proverbs 22 and 6 is not saying that you're going to have a perfect child because you have trained that child. And also is not a promise that you're going to have a godly child. Wow. And so many times I've heard somebody say, well, I took him to church and I did this and I know, according to the scripture, that they're going to come back. I wish that's what this verse says. But it's not. And how do I know that? Well, from examples in scripture of those who were raised in godly families but ended up being ungodly. Even though they were trained and taught, they ended up being ungodly. And because of the fact of even in my generation, I have watched children who were raised in church, raised by great Christian parents, who were taught right from wrong, who, who did everything right, and then when they became an adult, they walked away from all of it. A, a, an individual that I kind of have a relationship with, that was a youth pastor in a couple of our churches, just came out. Three months ago, he went from being a youth pastor to being an atheist. Yeah, I mean, it, it's mind-blowing. So there's no guarantee that that child, even though you have trained that child, this verse is not guaranteeing you that that will be a godly child. The chances are far better. That they, they, they grow astronomically if you have them in church if you teach them if you pray with them if you read the bible with them if you spend time to to disciple them spiritually the, the chances are greater but it's not guaranteed so well then what is this verse saying i believe what it is saying is this that that child as long as that child lives, will never be able to get away from what taught him or her. I've said through the years, you can raise a child in church and you can do everything right and that child may become a murderer and end up in prison. Even though he's in prison or she's in prison, they cannot depart from that teaching that you instilled in them. That means they cannot get away from it. Even in the deep darkness of a prison, they will remember 
mom said this and mom prayed this and mom taught me this and, and mom lived this way and, and they can never depart from it. As long as they have a mind, they will remember what mom taught them about God. Now, this should give consolation to moms who end up dealing with this. Because, mom, if you have done all of this, if you have trained them physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, and they still walk away from God and they still do these things, when you lay down at night and pillow your head, you do not have to ask the question, what if? What if I had done that? What if I had carried them to church? What if I had read the Bible with them? What if I had prayed with them? What if? What if? I can only imagine how many moms pillow their heads at night with wayward children and they'd never raised them in church and they'd never taught them spiritual truth. I wonder how many moms at night wonder, what if? If only I had have done that. So for the mom who has done that, yet yeah, they're still heartbroken over their child. That They're still sad over what has happened. At the same time, they have a clear conscience. We did. Train them. There was nothing more that we could do. We did our part. That should be a consolation for moms who struggle with what their grandchildren do and how they turn out. The child will never be able to deny the teaching that they have received. And I say again, the chances are far greater that they will come to God or return back to living for God at a later time in life if you have trained them this way. But it does not guarantee that they will. You, you know people in your own families who were raised right, trained right, and walked away from God and never came back. So, there's a responsibility in raising children. You train them. There's a promise for raising children. They will not be able to depart from that truth you've instilled in them. No matter what new inventions may come to the American family, and trust me, there are new inventions coming every day for the American family. Did any of y'all watch the Jetsons cartoon on TV? Anybody... Y'all watched, do, do you remember Rosie? In about five more years, you can have a Rosie. At the rate growing. Yeah, you, 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 but you could have a full-fledged Rosie probably in about five more years. There's all kinds of things that's going to be coming to the modern American family. Hopefully for the good, but maybe not. But no matter what new invention comes into the family, there will be nothing more important than mom. Mom will always be at the top of the list of importance. Napoleon Bonaparte once said, Let France have good mothers, and she will have good sons. I say the same thing. Let America... 
good mothers, and we will have good sons and daughters. But being good mothers is only part of the equation. We also need godly mothers. You can be lost and be a good mother. You can be lost and love your child. You can be lost and provide for them. You can be lost and make sure that they get the right schooling. You can be lost and, and just be there for them and be a part of their lives. You can be lost and do all of that. But it's not being a godly mother. I believe that good mothers will lead to good sons and daughters and godly the godly sons and daughters. What a need we have for good mothers who are godly mothers. So much of society's ills that we see today is because of the breakdown of the modern family. If the modern family could be healed, if the modern family could once again become a unit, if the modern family could once again live by godly standards, the decrease in all of the social ills that we now deal with. Moms, you often lead the charge good godly children and i applaud you for that today and i'm thankful for that i'm thankful for my mom and what she did and for for ronda and what she did with their children and for melissa what she's doing with her two children and i mean often it becomes a generational effect of what you have done some of y'all in here can talk about your own moms and and the faith that they lived right and how that impacted you. And you could probably go back to their moms and the faith they lived and how it impacted them. So it becomes a generational thing from one generation to the next when, when moms live good and godly and they teach their children to be good and godly children. Your impact on society is great. I you today. Be that good mother and be that godmother. Your children are depending on you for that. For some, grandchildren are dependent upon you for that because their parents maybe are not doing so. So grandparents get a chance, grandmothers get that chance to do so. And not only are your kids and grandkids dependent upon you, but a lot of society is depending upon what you do. And how you live. And I'm not saying this to put pressure on you. You, you already have enough pressure. I, I want to say all of this to encourage you. To think about the blessing that will come your way. As you look back and say thank you God. For letting me do this. Thank you for helping me to be a good mother. And a godly mother. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes.